Frank Harris, UTSA's quarterback who's been in college for a decade plus. Is he going to play in this football game? Missed last week's game against Army with injury. That, what's ESPN saying about this UTSA football game? And what's this volunteer season look like now following the loss to Florida? A lot to get into here on a Thursday. Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Thursday morning, everybody. It's Locked On Balls. It's your team every single day. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Shout out every day. Here's for making Locked On Balls your first listen. We are almost to the weekend. A chance to see more Tennessee football and a chance to see better Tennessee football following what happened uh, in Gainesville last weekend, of course. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase the Jace case. Providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jaysmedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. we got a fun show coming up. Going to give you an update on what we know about quarterback from UTSA, Frank Harris. And then a couple of segments with Boogie Bentley of uh, the uh, Talking Vols Network. We kind of phrased our crossovers locked on Talking Vols. And uh, that's every single week right here during football season. Uh, Boogie and I get into a lot of stuff, talking about the red flags from Florida, the season outlooks now, what we want to see from the UTSA game, the key issues, Joe Milton, Nico Imaliava. Uh, we get into a lot of that over the course of segments two and three, so I encourage you to uh, check that out. Uh, but here in segment one, a couple of notes I just want to pass along. This is from Jeff Trailer. He's the uh, head football coach of UTSA, and... He uh, was essentially earlier this week was asked about his quarterback, Frank Harris, and an injury update on his starting quarterback. And he wouldn't provide an awful lot. He just said he's day-to-day with turf toe. Turf toe, I don't know how many of you guys watching a listing have had turf toe. It is an injury that lingers for a long time. And one of those things that truly doesn't get better until you get off it and you let it rest. Um, it will linger with him, whoever has turf toe, if it's you know Frank Harris or anybody else, it will linger with them throughout the season. So it's about pain management, pain tolerance. Uh, Jalen Wright, his freshman year uh, back in 2021, he had turf toe. That's something he dealt with all season long. So I hate that for Frank Harris. I really do. It caused him to miss the loss to Army last week, and uh, his status is very day-to-day with turf toe. Uh, he said that to actually ESPN's Pete Thamel uh, Monday night earlier this week. So if it's not Frank Harris, it's going to be Eddie Lee Marburger once again. And and Eddie Lee Marburger played well um, stat-wise in the, in the loss to Army. It was his first career start. 17 of 26 through the air, completed 65% of his passes, 239 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He was playing in place of Frank Harris. And Frank Harris so far in two games this year, not off to the best start, that he's had throughout his career, 44-73, completing passes at 60%, 423 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. All three of those picks came in the Houston loss earlier uh, in week one of this season. A lot of you guys are probably saying Frank Harris, Frank Harris. I probably know that name. Um, where do I know that name from? Well, I've mentioned him a couple of times, but Frank Harris has literally been in college. This is his seventh year. Um, he has thrown for last year, uh, and we'll talk more about this tomorrow on the show when we preview U UTSA, but last year, UTSA had one of the best, uh, offenses in the country. It was top 15 in the nation. You know, Tennessee was number one, but UTSA, I believe was number 14 and it's won back to back conference USA championships. It's now in the athletic, uh, or the American athletic conference, the AAC 
but it's a very successful program. And last year, Frank Harris, a quarterback for UTSA, threw for 4,063 yards, 32 touchdowns. Not bad. Uh, this is his seventh year, and in his career, he has thrown for over 9,000 yards, 76 touchdowns. He's ran for over 1,800 yards with 24 touchdowns. So he has accumulated at least 100 touchdowns total in his career. That is not bad. So he's an experienced guy. He knows the offense. He's been very successful, but he's he's day-to-day. -day. He's got an injury. And, you know, of course, I, I think Tennessee's going to win this game no matter what. It's a 20-point favorite. Um, you know, earlier in the week, I believe FanDuel had Tennessee, I want to say, you know, at 20 and a half. Anyway, we'll check uh, when we go to uh, do the show tomorrow. But you can check today over at the FanDuel Sportsbook app. But he's a guy that's been there, done that. And Tennessee's going to win this football game, but it will have an easier opportunity, in my opinion, um, if your backup quarterback, Eddie Lee Marburger, is playing, even though he played well against uh, Army last week. So we'll keep tabs on that. I'll do some digging before tomorrow's show and see if we have another update on the quarterback and, and Frank Harris. But uh, that's their guy. Um, even though he's not been off to the hottest of starts like he has throughout his career, he's still their guy, and they need him in that lineup. Um, ESPN's FPI prediction uh, for Tennessee and um, for Tennessee and uh, UTSA this week. I, I just thought I'd get this out there because it's something I haven't mentioned uh, week to week, and I usually do, but I haven't mentioned the first three weeks of the season. The FBI believes that Tennessee will come out on top in week four, giving the Volunteers an 86.4% chance of winning. Again, um, the odds are ever in your favor, right? And that's expected. UTA's odds of pulling off the upset are just at 13.6. Um, Tennessee, of course, lost to Florida, remained in the top 25 in the AP and the coaches. The only top 25 that Tennessee fell out of this week. And, um, you know, I didn't mention on yesterday's show, but if you're watching on YouTube, I'll flash it up here. It's the locked on top 25 poll and me and my colleagues vote on it every single week and I'll say this for this week Tennessee doesn't deserve to be in the top 25 so I don't really have uh that big of an issue I mean Tennessee doesn't deserve to be in the top 25 the way it played um but again it's it's you know last week Tennessee was still in the top 10 in one poll and uh number 11 in the other poll and Tennessee was like 14 or 15 in, in the locked on poll uh my colleagues when one team loses they write them off and kill them off forever and i think that's hilarious uh lsu let's see lsu's at number 16 in this bowl after the loss of florida state lsu went from like number three or four all the way down to like 20 or something so again uh my colleagues are locked on pretty much when a team loses it's dead to them they just get rid of it uh so i just think that's kind of funny tennessee still ranked in the ap top 25 and the coaches poll but not in the locked on top 25 poll. Again, though, I don't have a big issue with that because Tennessee sucked and doesn't deserve to be ranked right now. That's for sure. So kickoff's going to be at 4 o'clock. We'll see about Frank Harris and UTSA. We'll have more on the Roadrunners, what this game means for the University of Tennessee, and a whole lot more on Friday's show. But when we come back, two segments with Boogie Bentley where we have a really, really good conversation. We talk about a lot of things going on with the University of Tennessee right now. You don't want to miss it. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. I want to tell you about our friends over at Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergencies, use, um, for emergency use and gives you the peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medical the medication 
uh, during an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have medication on hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluations to licensed ther- uh, pharmacy medication, delivery, ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical Plus, an additional $20 off by using the promo code Locked on college, or excuse me, locked on at checkout. That's at jacemedical.com. That's Jace Medical, J A S E Medical.com. Promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. It is Thursday ahead of UTSA, the Road Runners. So let's get in uh, Boogie Bentley of the Talking Vols Network, little crossover, locked on Talking Vols. Boogie, it's been a week, man. Um, have you been dealing with all of your content creations? Uh, how is your, uh, your, your, audience kind of been dealing with uh you know let's let's call it what it was i mean that was a massacre on saturday it was it was bad i think you said it when you came on the channel monday right this is way more fun when tennessee is winning last season was the most fun i've ever had creating content on youtube just a fun journey and look we've been asking questions for over a week we asked questions coming out of that austin p game some people don't want to hear it some people just want to hear all sunshine and rainbows and then other people think we said it right before we hit record the sky is falling it's doom and gloom it's time to fire josh heupel bench joe milton joey halsley can't cut it tim banks is terrible willie martinez didn't get an extension for a reason uh the truth always lies somewhere in the middle so that's what i'm trying to do this week let's play both sides of the fence and let's find out where this football team's at and we're going to find out on saturday i think who in the world thought UTSA was going to be such a big game, but it's an opportunity for Tennessee to bounce back and get this thing going back in the right direction. Yeah, we'll talk more about UTSA in the second segment here in segment three um, because they're down a little bit. That, that game kind of, you know, all offseason, it's like, oh, watch out for UTSA. That could be, you know, a big-time non-conference matchup. And, and, again, I'm not trying to diminish that now, but, I mean, they, they've they've lacked the firepower so far through three games. Uh, I think that's pretty evident, but we'll get into that in a moment. Um, somebody asked this on the Monday night chat and I thought it was a good question. If you're kind of positioning these position groups, no pun intended in terms of most concerning from Saturday, kind of what would it be? Um, quarterback, wide receivers, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers. It's the offensive line, hands down, and that's why I get it. I understand the Nico chatter. I I get it. We got the number one player in the country sitting on the bench. That's going to create a conversation. But Tennessee struggled to run the football against the Gators when they had the right matchup. Like, they had the picture-perfect matchup to run the football, and they struggled. And, look, I get it. You're missing your starting center in Cooper Mace. When's he coming back? I have no idea. Week by week, right? Every week he's out there dressed, ready to go, but he doesn't go. Is it going to be mid-October at this point? I don't know, Uh, but you also, you're without Gerald Mincy, so you're missing two linemen. Tennessee struggled up front. Not only that, but protecting Joe Milton at times, they were just not very good, and I think the SEC, it starts with the line of scrimmage. You have to be better there, And, and I get it. Joe Milton is playing good he's playing efficient he's not going out and taking over a game right so I, I understand the Nico talk the Nico chatter but for me I'm grading Joe on a week-by-week basis Joe played good football against Florida I really think that he played a good game on the flip side of that uh, just just an interesting point that one of the people on our channel made going into the Florida game was that Florida likes to use a lot of motion a lot of misdirection and you've got to have good eye discipline and I was laughing because again I'm always listening to you guys while I'm working in hubs said I hate that word I hate the words eye discipline but this guy brought up that point going into the Florida game that it was a concern and we talked about the linebacker room and how much better they were we missed Keenan Peely on Saturday we, we missed him uh, and Elijah Herring got lost a couple of times got to tackle better 
you know, you, you, the article you put out right after the game, two two out of three games you got ten or more missed tackles. That's just unacceptable. I would have yeah. been on the practice field on Monday just hitting each other, just hitting each other all day long, not, not nonstop, just physic, physicality. Uh, but, yeah, number one concern for me has got to be the offensive line. Like, you know, you sit there and, and, and you look at all this, and I, I've heard of it a little bit as the week's gone on, but, I mean, this is just week three. This is just the first loss of the season. Hopefully the, there's not many more, but – I mean, this is loss number one. The sky is falling. The locker room's gone. There's no culture for everybody. Like, I, I get it. I get the frustrations. But people are like, this is JG all over again. This is JG all over again. Yeah. And and I want to I wanna very much pull that emergency break if I can. All right. Um, you know, if this goes on for a couple of weeks and the offense is still not operating where it needs to be, then sure, a change needs to be made, in my opinion. I'm just telling you right now, a change is not happening right now. Now, no. this conversation could be different next week or the next week, but right now it's not happening. And and, and Joey Halsey said it, Josh uh, Heupel said it. You know, when I've watched, and I'm not a quarterback guru at all, but I've, I've kind of acknowledged, you know, he's making the right decisions. JG was putting the ball in harm's way repeatedly and repeatedly, and they just didn't have anybody else they had faith in at all. Um, I'm not saying that's the case with Nico, but – Joe Milton is putting the ball in the right right windows, making the right decisions. It's just at the end of the day, Boogie, I've been harping on this all week long. The operation sucks. If you're Tennessee, I'm going to say that I'm, I'm beating this, this drum here this week. If you're Tennessee, you are tempo. Right now, you're not tempo, Tennessee. You've ran 65 and 63 plays each of the past two weeks. And if you're not having tempo, Tennessee, what are you right now? You're an offense with a shitty offensive line and, a, and, a, and an average quarterback right now, and that's not good enough. Yeah, I think that's the key, an average quarterback. And that's yeah. why – let me talk out of both sides of my mouth here. Yeah, and, and please let's, do. Either, either both groups are going to love me or both groups are going to hate me. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> they're going to hate me. That's what oh, they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. It's the internet, right? But it's you got an average quarterback. Is Nico a gamer? Because I think Hendon Hooker was a gamer. He's a guy that's going to go out and he's going he's gonna to play backyard football, right? He's going to make plays when, when there's not something there. I don't know that Joe's going to do that. I don't know that Joe is going to go out and just make a big-time play and win a game. I mean, his numbers against Florida, good numbers. 20 of 34, 287, two touchdowns. Of course, he had the interception, but then you look at that interception. You got a wide receiver wide open across the middle of the field. What happens if he connects on that? Now you're yeah. talking 300 plus, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Are we still sitting here talking about Nico? But you, you talk about you know the tempo and the pace of play. How much of that is on Joe? How much of it is on the center position, right? I think Cooper's some of that's hard to cut there. you off. I think some of that's on Joe. He is the quarterback. So he is not absent of blame in all this. I'm I'm, I'm make that perfectly clear. I think the pre-snap penalties are killers. The I mean I mean it's loud, but like at the end of the day, you have got to communicate to your offensive lineman. I also think it's on the coaching and on the sideline. What are we doing? Communicate better. And, and sometimes Brent Hub said this the other day. Like sometimes you just got to line up and go. None of this line up. See what Florida's in. Check with me. Like dude, the play clock's running down. Just go. So. I truly do believe it's some on the offensive line. Cooper not being in there for sure. I think it's on some coaching, and I think it's on Joe. That's why I'm saying he's the quarterback. At the end of the day, it's his responsibility. Everybody's looking at him, but it is the whole operation, and it's just got to get better. Yeah, but does it, would it get better with Nico, right? You know, we, we all speculate, and people, I love the conversation of Nico's ready, Nico's not ready. How do you know? 
How yeah. do you know? How would I know? How does anybody know? The, yeah. the coach, you got to trust Josh Heupel and this coaching staff. You have to trust that they know what's best for this football team. Are they protecting Nico at this point? They don't want to throw him out there until he is actually ready to go play SEC football. You don't want to ruin a kid. Now, a lot of people say uh, that are in my ear, that are in my corner, that are in Nico's corner, that have a good relationship with some people around Nico that tell me he's not that type of kid. He's not the type of kid that's going to fold. You're not going to impact him. He is uh, Mr. Cool, Mr. Calm, Mr. Collected. He is a special type of talent. Uh, but but also, I go back to the confidence in Joe Milton. How much confidence does this coaching staff really have in Joe? And, and man, I could go all over the place with this thing. Who thought a year ago, a year ago, that we were going to be questioning this coaching staff on both sides of the ball? But that's where we're at. That's what happens when you lose. When you lose, here comes the outside noise. And that's why I think Saturday, not to, not to bury the lead and jump into segment three here, Saturday's so important because yeah. you've got to respond. Adversity has hit. It hit against Austin P. You laid an egg against Florida. Now you, your back's against the wall, and you better come out and respond and answer the call on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I get the frustrations. People want uh, pe- pe- people will pick apart a loss just completely. I mean, sometimes you you win, you're gonna pick apart a win too. But I mean, people just want to be angry, and, and and this time, rightfully so. There's a lot to be angry about, so I get it, I understand it. I mean, you know, going on the GQ there Saturday night, and just you know, you know, people just want somebody to talk to, and then and then it's just like you're a human pinata, right? They're just taking a baseball bat, just hitting you down. It's your fault. You lied. You're sources yeah. suck. Okay. Okay. You had a narrative going into the season. The media has okay. been feeding us all these lies that made us believe this team was good. And then, you know, you want to be like, but but guys, I thought we made up the narrative that the offensive line has issues. I thought we were I thought we made that up. You know, it's like you can't win. You can't uh, win. But but I, I get I get the frustrations because that was so, so bad. So um quickly here, before we get into segment three, I do I do just want to ask you, and, and we can expand on this in segment three, but has your outlook on this season totally changed after what you saw at Florida? My outlook, the, the red flags went up against Austin P. right? The yep. red flags went up, but you always make excuses. Well, it was Austin P. They overlooked. They were looking ahead, yada, yada, yada. You make excuses for, for that lack of execution against, uh, against a very terrible opponent. Glorified scrimmage. Hey, look me in the eye. That was a glorified scrimmage. You know it. I know it. So stop, stop freaking out. It was Tennessee should have blown them out. That's when yeah. the red flag started going up. Then you go down there and just come on, man. The comments from Aaron Beasley. How is that not pissing you off? That question. People, people were speculating. But wasn't it Ben that asked it? Didn't Ben ask the question? Because yeah, somebody said that reporter trapped him. I'm <laughs> just laughing. No, he didn't. It was, he did it was a not. straightforward question. And I, I'm sure you saw in the GQ. They're all like. You know, what did he mean by this? What do you mean? I was like, I'll check on it. I'll check on it. Calm down. And I checked on it. And from what I was told is he was half paying attention and didn't didn't listen to the question and just talked. And he wishes he could have had that back. He was not trying to throw anybody in the bus. And then everybody's like, oh, BS, what are you peddling? I'm BS. like, I just, it I, is was BS, getting, I was following up like you wanted me to. Ben asked a question about undisciplined football. Are you surprised coming out of fall camp that you're playing undisciplined football? He heard the question. He looked at the ground. He contemplated how to answer, and then he said, no, sir, it's not a surprise. He knew exactly what he was saying, and that is a concern about Tim Banks and the leadership, and that's a huge question. That's a huge talking point all week, leadership. And I'm not just looking at coaches. I'm looking for a leader on the field, on both sides of the ball. Because to me, Aaron Beasley, you're a senior. If, if you see a lack of discipline, get in somebody's face. Get, give me an Al Wilson on this football team. Get in a fist fight. Get pissed off if people aren't doing what they're supposed to do. But, man, how could you not be concerned hearing that? We got more coming up here on this edition of Locked On Vols. More with Boogie Bentley. 
Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and look at uh, UTSA, more of the season uh, as a whole. Tennessee now 2-1, and 0-1 oh in SEC play. And uh, the first, you got to get back on track against UTSA, don't get me wrong, but uh, it's going to be a long you know, week and a half until it's South Carolina and then until it's A&M and Florida, or excuse me, Alabama. Uh, you got a lot to prove, a lot to prove, that is for sure. <clears throat> excuse me, and we'll continue to do that right here on Locked On Balls. Hey, I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when they play a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's not bad, right? If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on that action. This app, the FanDuel Sportsbook app, it's so easy to use. A wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, the total, as you can get that over, that under, and a whole lot more. I encourage you, if you're new and you kind of want to try some things out, the player props are super fun, okay? It's like X player, say... Say for the NFL, say Ryan, I'm a, I'm a Titans fan. So let's say Ryan Tannehill, 35 yards passing, right? Because he's not very good and Tennessee's offense sucks. Now, let's say Ryan Tannehill, 220 yards passing, you know, over, under. Ryan Tannehill, one intercept, 0.5 interception. So it's essentially saying, is he going to throw a pick or not? Over, under. The individual player props are super fun to play if you're brand new at FanDuel Sportsbook. I encourage you to do that today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Continuing on here on this Thursday edition of Locked On Vols, I am Eric Kane. My friend Boogie Bentley of the Talking Vols Network is joining us here today. A little crossover as we do every single week right here during football season. Boogie, I ask you about if your outlook has changed at all following the Florida loss. UTSA this weekend, it's a team that can score. It's been back-to-back Conference USA champions now in the AAC. Frank Harris, the 12th-year quarterback, we'll see if he plays what do you need to see? What are you expecting from Tennessee this Saturday against UTSA? Well, you look at the line, and Tennessee's favored by, what, 20, I think? 20 and a half, somewhere around in there. ESPN, FBI, through the roof for Tennessee. you got to bounce back, man. you got to respond. Leadership, dominance. I want to see physicality. I want to see that offensive line come back and run the football. You know, that's a, that's a big red flag, right? We saw Tennessee start the season running the football. They, they ran physical. They played physical. How much of that is because you missed Gerald Mincy on Saturday? Did that play an impact in, in the run game at all? Uh, I don't know. I just want to see him get back to who Tennessee is. This game is... Is not about UTSA. I'm not going to do some deep dive and look at who they are and what they bring. Again, you mentioned Harris. Uh, what is he day to day? Do you think he's going to play? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't think he's going to play. I, don't, I mean, if he's got turf toe, I would imagine not. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he's going to play. But Tennessee just needs to get back to being Tennessee. I want to see him take more shots down the field, tackling. Tackling is such a huge concern to me. What's what is the deal with Kamal Haddon? What's the deal with Kamal Haddon? Come on, wrap up knees to nuts. head up, ass down. That's what Coach Jay says on our channel. Uh, Go play physical football. Tennessee just needs to be Tennessee, man. They they need to get back to tempo. Like you said, that's a big problem. There's so many little things. Just take care of business. To me, you know, you you talked about the outlook on the season and has that changed, and and, and I'm just waiting. I'm waiting because I think – if you go out and you handle UTSA and you go out and you you take care of business against South Carolina, like do do I do you need a reason? Do you need me to give you a pep talk about why this South Carolina game is so big? If everybody in that locker room doesn't have revenge on their mind, if Josh Heupel doesn't want to go put a beating on Shane Beamer, then then this football team's lost. I think they've got every reason in the world to get up for this week because the noise is there. They hear the noise, right? Yeah. They hear it. They hear the buzz, they hear the talks, the lack of leadership. They hear all that. Now now Let's have that us-against-the-world mentality. Go out and take care of UTSA. 
go out and take care of South Carolina. And I think maybe you can create a little momentum to get back on track to, to go win nine games. But, look, we know the back half of this schedule is brutal. It is a gauntlet. It is murderer's row. But I think you can create a little momentum, right? Look, look at Florida. Look at Florida. We all thought Tennessee was going to cruise through this game. Why? Because the way they played against UTA or Utah. They're, they're not letting that Utah game define them. Tennessee doesn't need to let this first start of the season define them. They need to respond and answer the call coming up on Saturday. I, I just think the thing that hurts the most if you're a Tennessee fan, Florida's not good. It's still not, not good. No. And, and I'm sure you're the same way. Florida fans jumping in the comment yep. section here on YouTube saying, oh, Florida's not good. I stand by that. Florida, hey, Florida whipped Tennessee's tail. What's that say about Tennessee right now? Florida's not a good football team. That's what the Florida fans keep saying to me. What, what does it say about Tennessee? It says that they got big-time problems, and yeah. they better fix it. You better get it fixed, or we could be looking at a very ugly season. And then the noise is going to only get louder. Can you hold on to the recruiting class? There are so many problems in 2023. College football in 2023 is so different than it used to be. You you, you go out and you struggle, and you lose the locker room. And I, I'm not putting it out there that, that – that Josh Heupel has lost this locker room. There are so many red flags. There are so many things, right? Going back to the uh, the Aaron Beasley comments, the way the Gerald Mincy thing was handled, and I know that's the way it gets handled all over the country. Uh, you hope that you can just quietly slide through that game and nobody notices, but you guys in the media aren't going to let Gerald Mincy sit out on offense and not start going to Google and, and working your magic and figuring it out. Joshua Josephs, why didn't he play a snap? Is there something there? Danico Slaughter, that's a little fishy. Dylan Sampson going to Instagram, Cage Cheetah, uh, the, the, the post on Instagram about Nico needing a shot, and you've got players on this football team liking that stuff. That is not a good look. So are there locker room issues? I don't know. Could there be? Winning cures everything. Go out and win the football game on Saturday and then move on to South Carolina. Yeah, the Mincy thing. I mean, Josh Hopp will handle that about as, as poorly as possible. Like, help yourself out. That's one thing. Josh Hopp has done so many good things while being here at Tennessee. The injury, how you talk about injuries. I mean, the Cooper Mace thing last Thursday, it's like I was sitting there and I'm like, what are you doing? I know he's not going to play a lot. Like, wh like what are you doing? Um, so off script from his normal, we'll, we'll see at the end of the week. That, the Gerald Mincy thing, it's like, okay, well, we ask you about it. J just tell us the truth or tell us, you know, like you're getting coached on what to say. You know we're going to ask that question. It's like, that's the best you got? I mean, that was just not very good. Slaughter is hurt. Can tell you that 100%. He's hurt. Samson, I don't know why I didn't play. Um, Joseph, you know the, the Joshua Joseph, Joseph thing is like <laughs> you got. I'm not laughing. It's not funny for him. I mean, you got players. That, I'm not saying this exactly happened, but like players get in the doghouse with Rodney Garner all the time. That could have been just like a oh he did something wrong in practice on Tuesday. I'm not going to play him Saturday. Yeah, that's just like that's how Rodney <laughs> operates. So we'll see what happens. I, I want to. I know we got to go here in a second, but you brought up Kamal Haddon a little while ago. Um, and, like, you know, Tennessee fans have been like, if five's out there, I'm done, you know, for like a year and a half now. And, and I get it. I get it. I get it. He's going to play because, you know, Slaughter's hurts, um, you know, for how, who knows how long. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Ricky Gibson, it was great to see him out there. He's a freshman. He made some mistakes. Not, any, not anything to cost you, but he made some mistakes. It's part of it. Um, you know, Gabe Judy Lawley's going to play. Warren Burrell, how much can you trust Warren Burrell right now? I, I don't know that that so my point is Kamal Haddon's still gonna play and like you just hope that these guys can minimize some of those snaps so he's not getting 60 snaps a game because that type of effort I mean that that ETN run and there was a missed tackle from Wesley Walker on that play I understand that I mean it was but I mean that 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 not wrapping up and, and you know chest bumping or whatever I mean what the hell are you doing man that is 
so bad. And I said this, Boogie, I don't know if you remember, he did the same thing, not exact same thing, but he did the same thing against Ricky Pearsall in mm. Knoxville last year. He didn't wrap up, and he scored a touchdown. It's like, when are you going to learn? It, the, the more you watch that clip, the worse it gets. Yeah. So bad that people are out there saying that he did it on purpose, that he missed a tackle on purpose so that Florida could go. I don't believe that. I don't the more you that. watch it, the worse it looks. It looks yeah. awful. But, but here's the thing. These coaches get paid millions of dollars, right? Millions of dollars. Do you really think that they're going to trot somebody out there that they don't think gives Tennessee the best chance to win? It's just, And I know guys sound like Butch Jones, sound like Jeremy Pruitt. Well, he gives us the best chance to win. Right? It's like, come on, man. Like they're, they're trying to go win football games. And it's just, again, it's like a Florida fan. Well, what does that say about Tennessee? Well, what does that say about the backups? They're not ready. It's the same conversation with the young freshman corners. I think you've got some good corners, right? Are they ready? I don't know that they're ready for SEC play, and that's what Willie Martinez is paid millions of dollars to do, and I know people don't like Willie Martinez. It is what it is, man. We, we hoped, right? We hoped. We speculate. We talk all offseason about how man, this secondary, hopefully they can take a step. Can they take a step? Can they take a step? No, they can't. They can't. That's the answer. Through three weeks, they've, they've shown me that they can't. So they got, they, got, they got a couple of days here to get it figured out before UTSA. I just – and I, last thing, I, I've been preaching. I've been going to church. You know, I came in Monday morning. I said, let's go to church. Let's talk about it. Um, it was so bad in so many different areas. So I get it. It feels like the world is so, it's just falling. Everything sucks. I get it. But like, my goodness, it is just week three. So that you can look at it two ways. Like this thing's going to continue to get bad. And it's going to be a horrible season based on the way you played or Tennessee just played so bad. I was, I was DMing a listener the other day, and I'm just like, this, you know, we're talking about Joe, and I was like, this was wrong, this was wrong, this was wrong, this was wrong, and then Joe was wrong. Like, point of the fact right. of the matter is, this didn't happen, this didn't happen, this didn't happen, this didn't happen. It's going to be a long year if you don't correct some of those things. Um, so you can look at it that way, like two ways. You know, it can be a long year, or Tennessee corrects some things, and, you know, it, it bad loss, but it's week three. And you move on and you win games and you improve as the year goes on. And sure, you might not win 10 or 11 games. You might win nine games, whatever. That's still a good year. I said before the season, if Tennessee wins nine games, Tennessee's back. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I I choose to look at it that way. But the more and more you go back and rewatch that Florida game, and oh. it's it's bad. I get it. But uh, I just think that it's so early in the season where it, it's too early to be like, all oh, season's over, far everybody. Everybody sucks. That's just, that's just me. Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm glass uh, half full guy, which typically I'm not. But uh, may maybe that's just the way I look at things. I don't know. No, you you said it on my channel Monday. There's a lot of football left to play. We got yeah. a lot of football to play, and that's why can you create some momentum? You go beat UTSA. You find a way to beat South Carolina. Then guess what? All of a sudden, we're saying that Texas a and M game. How important it is. This can get the season back on track. You go find a way to win that Texas a and M game. All of a sudden, you're five and one halfway through the year, and you got some big football games coming up. Let me tell you something. You go win. You go win. All this disappears. It all disappears. And I know people hate the negativity. Oh, you're a nega ball. I'm just calling what I saw on Saturday against the Gators. It was ugly football, and it was ugly a week ago against Austin P too. So shoot straight, call a spade a spade, and let the chips fall where they may. Boogie, appreciate it as always, man. You went live on their channel yesterday. When are you going live again? And I'm sure you'll be live for a postgame show, right? We're going to be live Friday, tomorrow morning. I think this is going up on Thursday. We're going to be yep. live Friday morning, 9.30 a.m., uh, come have a cup of coffee. We'll get you ready for that UTSA game. And then Saturday, we're going to do a tailgate show an hour before kickoff. That's where the listeners of our channel get to come on, hang out. See, you you said you were having church, but as you can see, my shirt says uh, we have a cult. Talking Balls Network is a cult, so you can come be a part of the cult. We will drink the Kool-Aid an hour before kickoff, and then we'll be live immediately following the game as 
well, man. Come hang out for the fans, by the fans, the voice of the common man, the voice of the voiceless. You can love me, you can hate me, but you guys are talking about me. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. Literally, I was gonna call I was gonna call you guys a cult earlier, um, but I, when I said audience, but I didn't want to be disrespectful. And then I look at your shirt and they it's like, made me create this shirt. They made me create this shirt. I said we're a family, and they said we're actually kind of a cult. <laughs> All right, boys. We're a cult now. Come join the cult. Come drink the Kool-Aid. Put your hand up to the monitor. Uh, Talking Vols Network. You can uh, always <laughs> be entertained and learn something and, and uh, hang out with Boogie and them uh, right after you check out Locked On Vols. Boogie, appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Always a good time, buddy. All right, that is Boogie Bentley. Go and subscribe to his channel. They got over 22 or 3 or 4. I don't know. They got a lot of a thousand uh, uh, subscribers there over on the YouTube channel. Uh, we're about to pass 9K, so appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for your continued support. Thanks so much for listening. Making Lockdown Balls your first listen every day. Or shout out, couldn't do this show without you. Tomorrow's show, we'll hear from Josh Heupel, what he has to say to conclude the week on a Thursday morning press conference. We'll dive into UTSA. Who is UTSA? Who are the players to look out for? And uh, what are my five keys, the Caner keys, that we've got to see from Tennessee in a bounce-back game at Neyland Stadium? That is your Friday show. Appreciate you guys, as always. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, everybody.